You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 Sports Day for Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year, and Luno SA. Aussie owned, made for South Australia. Yes, good morning everyone and welcome to Sports Day. I say morning, it, feel, it must be morning because the cricket was so late last night that, uh, I mean, I've only been sleeping for about six hours and I'm suddenly out of bed. Ben Hook joining you, Daniel Menzel joining me, Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirst tea at Char Time, explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. Daniel, did you watch the cricket last night? Could you stay up? I had a couple of little power naps in in the midst of things. I generally slept while Aaron Finch was batting and then woke <laughs> up when Marcus Stoinis was on strike. So you slept the whole Australian innings and because <laughs> Vinci... Um, and so, yeah, who are not aware, we did win last night because it did finish so long. win for us in the uh, 2020 against Sri Lanka. We're having a bit of mic master trouble here, so we're going to see how how we progress through, but I can feel we're cutting in and out. And I've uh, not touching the button. It just seems to be doing it all. Sam, our technician, is going to have to sort this out because uh, we've got a few issues at the moment. I don't know what, what to touch, Sam. I'm just going to try and be very, okay. very quiet. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to move a muscle. I think we're this, okay. This is a little bit like Aaron Finch's innings last night that we talked about. Completely mistimed everything. Yeah. Uh, I think we're back. It looks like that's yeah. – so apologies for that little technical issue. It was weird because I, I'm sure I pressed the mic on button and then I started without the mics on. So, um, yeah, we've got a little glitch in the system, but it looks like we have overcome it. Um Hey, let's just talk about the cricket last night. Uh, we've just said I had a bit of a joke about Aaron Finch. He did struggle. Australia did win. What were you thinking, in particular in the lead-up to the World Cup with Aaron Finch? Did you think he was the right man to be playing? Uh, I personally wouldn't have gone with him. Um, really tough decision to make off the back of being a T20 World Cup winning captain only one year ago. Correct. So I understand the reason to go for him. It would have been a harder decision to make to not go for him. Um, but I think we had so many players that you could have picked, um, you could have played. They mixed the order around. Uh, for mine, I would have played in the top of the order in the first two or three practice games and kept it at that and made a decision from there. But um, I think they have to stick with him now, don't you? Oh, absolutely. So uh, I, it wasn't so much even that they had to stick with him right now. I think they had to stick with him right the way through. So I understand what you're saying, that you could have made a call before the World Cup and turned it over. But your point was pretty well made. He was captain of the winning team 12 months ago. Imagine dumping a premiership coach in AFL two games into your defense of your title. I reckon it would have created a whole host of upheaval. That would have been desperation over consideration. I think you need some calm leadership in these circumstances. He's a proven captain. He can deal with high-pressure moments. And I actually think, 
and this will probably and look have your say please eight double two three double o double o. I actually think his innings last night was cr- was critical. It was slow, but Australia was always going to get the runs if wickets were preserved, and he stayed in, which was his job. The narrative was that Stoyner sort of saved his bacon. Actually, it was nonsense. Australia had 21 more balls to score those runs than what they did actually score them in. Stoyner's could have gone 59 off 35, and they still win anyway. And then I think, who's the obvious opener if he doesn't play that gives that doesn't impact their balance and their structure? Do you put Stoinis up the top who's open for the Melbourne Stars? Well, he's demonstrated that he does struggle a bit against elite bowling. Do you put in Way? Well, it's a big ask to be a wicketkeeper and an opening batter at that level. Do you put in Green? Well, he, he's barely played it in this form of the game, even though he's demonstrated that he's got a big future. And then the other one, Steve Smith, who's out of the squad, would you send him up to open? I mean, he's not even in the best 11. So I'm of the opinion, look, they won it. It doesn't matter how you win. You've just got to find your six wins from here, and that's one of them. If they keep winning bad, playing poor cricket, who cares? They'll, they'll be lifting the trophy at the end of it all. So I'm quite comfortable with the fact that Aaron Finch is in the team. But have your say, Eight double two three double o double o. Mark has called in. He wants to talk about Aaron Finch. Mark, welcome to Sports Day. Well, everything that you just said then, I uh, probably couldn't disagree with anymore. Um, I've been watching this for... Well, it sort of it reminds me a lot of the Mark Taylor thing. While you, the team's winning, the you know the um, bottles aren't going to rattle. But uh, I tell you what, as soon as we have a loss or two, he's going to be under a lot of pressure. And um, I think they, if we're, they're serious about this World Cup, uh, Finch has got to go. He made what did he make? Like thirty-three off of forty-one or fifty-two balls. Anyone could have gone out there and and done that. Really, that's not. Uh, what it's about. He's out there to get off to a quick start and he's not up to it. He can't do it, so he shouldn't be picked. Uh, well, look, it's a reasonable point, Mark, and it was actually, it's interesting, the contrast. It was the slowest 30 in the history of the World Cup up against the fastest 50 yeah. in the history of the World Cup. So, yeah, it, it certainly he didn't bat well and it was very, very difficult conditions um, to bat in earlier, and we, we saw Sri Lanka got no, they were what four for forty, I think, in their innings. So it was it was a difficult pitch to bat on against the new ball. I think we agree Aaron Finch isn't going to play another game for Australia after this World Cup. Would we all agree on that, Mark? Oh, definitely, yeah, hundred percent. But I think um, one good thing you said though, though, that I haven't thought of was um, who's going to open instead. That uh, that's probably what's keeping him in the side because there's no obvious choice, but. If they could find someone, they'd just go in with five bowlers. <laughs> he, he goes out there and makes, you know, zero to ten runs. Anyway, he might as well take the third, the third in line with him, to be honest. But save some time. But um, yeah, I think he's struggling, and he should probably uh, yeah get axed, to be honest. Yeah. Now, look, thanks for your call, Mark. It's an interesting point, isn't it? Because if Australia lost that game, it's probably a different discussion uh, this after this evening, Daniel. It absolutely is a different discussion. And I think, Hooky, the point I really like that you made is around the stability. His captaincy for mine is more important than almost his runs he's making at the top of the order. And the reason I say that is because if they can get wins like they did in last year's 2020 World Cup without him making a lot of runs, David Warner was the one who made all the runs mm. in that um, 2020 World Cup. He was the one who was captain. He, he captained really well. That's his number one role in this team at the moment. And if he can find a way to score some runs or at least get out and get someone else in, then that will be his role. I had just asked myself some questions and then I've got the answers for them as well. Is he out of touch? Yes. 
Is that not ideal? Of course it's not ideal. Can that turn quickly? Look at Canyon Cricket, and you'll find that you'll get a far better wicket to bat on in Melbourne. Has he turned it around quickly in the past? Yes, he has. He's been that sort of guy who's been miss, 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 110. So that was a hard wicket to bat on. Yes, it was as an opener. Will it get easier? I think it will. But has he played his last game? Yeah. Sorry, will he have played his last game at the end of this World Cup? I think he he has as well. Stuart's called in, wants to talk about Aaron Finch. Stuart, welcome. Oh, no, I think we've got hey, Mark guys, on the line. Oh, sorry. I've got Mark. I beg your pardon. Mark, go ahead. Sorry, it's a different Mark. Go on, Mark. G'day, Mins. G'day, Mins. G'day, Hooky. How are you, mate? You've got to take a bit of an... Yeah, good. You've got to take another light on this, is that um, Finch was so slow, and he could... Seriously, I watched the whole thing. So mm. he, couldn't, he, he couldn't put that on the ball yes. half the time. And when he did, when he, when he did, he mistimed it. Yep. But he was so slow that David Warner had to go because they were safe, they, they were they were getting behind. Yes. So he had to go. Warner gets out. Mitch Marsh had to go because they were falling behind. Yep. So he gets out. So he's cost them two wickets. In actual fact, as well, because of how far they were. At one point, he was he was five runs off nineteen balls. Yes. Yeah, I, I, Mark, not good. I, not good for an opener. No, no, no. And and it's not the way you're going to win too many. T20 games, I, I completely agree. And it, it did need some heavy lifting from Glenn Maxwell and then, of course, from Marcus Stoinis. There's no doubt about that. But the alternative is if he got knocked over there and then Tim David's got to come in and try and score, you know, 80 runs off 50 balls as a partnership in that period, that's a, that's a very big ask as well. I just reckon we're probably marking a bit hard on a wicket that was always very difficult to bat on early. Mark, thanks for your call. I did say we're going to hear from Stuart. Stuart's called in. Stuart, welcome. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are, how are we? We're going well. Uh, apparently, I'm not here to agree with you guys e- either, I'm afraid. Go for um, it. I, I just can't see how the win or the loss justifies Finch's innings and, and what he's produced over the last 10. Um, I, I find it pretty hard to justify uh, opener holding their place in the team when they can't hit a four in a power play. <laughs> so yeah. we've gone through the whole power play First time ever. without a boundary. Um, Finch has hit one six for the whole match. Yep. Um, and it, if, he's, if it's past him, it's past him. But if you can't middle the ball, you look horrible. Uh, I think over seven or eight, he took a single or a leg by off the over. Um, you just can't carry players like that. It's a World Cup. You get one shot at this. And I've got no issues with, with Green walking in. They were happy enough to trial him in the practice matches. And why not have Green in there? You've got the second bowling option. And to be honest with you, I don't think he can do any worse than Finch at the top. And as another caller said previously, if you want to send someone out there to justify 30 runs or 40 balls, just stick Steve Smith out there. But it's not what T20 is about. It's a, it's a really interesting point. And we've had uh, three callers now say that they would drop Aaron Finch. And, Hooky, the point for mine is if he wasn't the captain, I think it would be an easier decision. I think it would yeah. almost be made. Mm. I think the fact that he is a captain of a winning team only one year ago, his captaincy has proved to be pretty good in the past. And I think that's what's keeping him in there at the moment. It's going to be a very interesting debate that will go up to Friday. After Friday, we'll know because we'll either beat England yep. and he'll be sweet and he'll be in for the rest of the tournament or we'll lose and then heads will roll. There is a fascinating uh, thing playing out uh, in the background here at the moment and that's that Ireland is a massive chance to knock over England. They've just come off for rain 
Um, this is at the MCG. Ireland made 157. After 14 and a half overs, England are five for 105. Uh, so they are well behind. I don't have the um, Duckworth-Lewis equation in front of me, but I'm almost certain that if they don't get back on the field, Ireland win this game and suddenly Australia are back in. Yeah, considerably. They will definitely be well in front because the wickets obviously play a fair part in this. So what is interesting is how long they stay off for now because if they stay off for a decent duration before coming back on, England might have three overs or two overs to bat and need 40 or 50. Yes. It's going to make it very difficult. This rain's going to make it even harder for England. And boy, this would really open the door for Australia if Ireland, who lost their first game, can upset England here. The way that Duckworth-Lewis works as well is that the target will be set in part around the amount of wickets that England has lost. So because they've already lost five wickets, um, the, the target becomes a little bit more difficult to that they set the target more difficult as a result so uh it's going to be fascinating and we'll try and keep you updated with scores from uh england versus ireland uh, ireland have got a bit of a knack of knocking over uh england in fact i reckon there was a t20 world cup here in australia and ireland finished as the highest ranked team uh out of europe which i caught up with a couple of the irish uh, matthew mott was coaching them at the time he's uh, coached the australian women's team now he's the england white ball coach as well so uh that's a, a really interesting one uh thanks for your company here on sports day we're doing it thanks to char time the home of freshly brewed tea first tea at char time explore our ready-made signature drink range inspired by char time fan faves hey big show uh, ahead we're going to catch up with hugh purvis from the adelaide fire Emily Borg from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and we'll catch up with Tiffany Cherry as well from Golf Australia. So, Daniel, plenty to talk about. Uh, and, of course, your calls as well at double two three double o double o. Emily Borg, did you go to the same school? Yes, I uh, will ask her that question when uh, we get her on, and absolutely, there's a few the things The Kia Talk Court Sportage has been crowned at Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day with Ben Hook and Daniel Menzel. The week's open line, 8223000. Discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes discover different. 0437693060 if you want to send us a text. Have your say about the Australian cricket team in there. Remarkable win over Sri Lanka last night. But we are going to discuss the Hockey One competition, Daniel. Uh, I've had a fair bit of uh, investment in it over the past uh, couple of weeks. been great to see the way the Adelaide Fire have travelled. Uh, we'll do that thanks to Repco. You can rely on your local Repco authorised service centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Uh, the sassy hockey coach is Hugh Purvis. He's also the coach of the Adelaide Fire men's team. They take on the Canberra Chill tomorrow night, the Adelaide Fire, and Hugh's been good enough to join us. Hugh, welcome to Sports Day. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. I appreciate it. Hugh, um, your guys, I mean, you're naught from three, but two of your three performances have been really, really strong, mate. You must feel like there's a breakthrough on the verge. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we've had two pretty exciting games. We were 2-1 uh, up against Perth with... Um, nine minutes to go and then came back from 4-0 to 4-3 and, and we're chasing the game against New South. So, um, yeah, the motto is compete every game and uh, wait for the opportunity to arise where we can steal it and take some points. So we're pretty excited. The, the boys are energised and, um, yeah, we're up for any competition at the moment. And yeah, ho- hopefully the opportunity arises to, to grab some points this week or, or the following against Melbourne. They're no slouches, the Canberra Chill. They'll be a good challenge tomorrow night. You've got them away. I imagine it'll be freezing cold over there as it normally is in Canberra. 
but I, I imagine you would give yourselves a hope. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've almost been acclimatising here in Adelaide. The weather hasn't been much better <laughs> lately. But, um, yeah, we, we're definitely a, a chance against them. They're a pretty quick team. Um, they got some great ball handlers and um, super quick on counter-attacks. But, yeah, the, the style of play we've got should slow the game down and, and hopefully we can play to our advantage, which is pretty structured and, and moving the ball around. Um, so, yeah, I give us a chance. And, and the longer we can keep the game closer, I think the higher possibility we have of taking, taking the win, which is really exciting. Now, Hugh, I want to touch on a little bit of your journey along the way. You obviously were the Hockey SA High Performance Manager from 2014 to 2018, and now the coach. Um, just take us through, I guess, the differences. Um, you probably don't see in many sports people be in the, I guess, GM or performance side and then go into the coaching side. So just take us through how that's worked for you. Yeah, it's, um, I've had an interesting pathway. I also went to Canada as a pathway manager for the National Junior Program. Um so, yeah, I was pretty fortunate. I mean, being a manager puts you in some really tough situations as this coaching. Um, and so I guess I got to learn about the hard strategic and business decisions um, before I got the coaching side. But, yeah, I opened up lots of good opportunities as a manager to be around good coaches and um, observe a lot of people in action, different styles, and, and perhaps shape my own coaching style while doing some, um, you know, junior programs and club stuff on the side. So... Yeah, the high performance manager was a great learning and I've got some really good connections from that. My time in Canada, I guess I got to work under the men's national coach and observe, you know, they're a really small international country uh, on the hockey scale, but were top 10 in the world while I was there. Uh, and so I got to see a bit of a, I guess, an underdog story performing and competing at the top 10 in the world. Um, and yeah, now, lucky enough, working in Sassy, it's... Um, I guess the management side, the strategy side is, is something I've really, really enjoyed and invested. And now I get the really exciting challenge of seeing some, some talented young guys like um, Jack Holland and, and the girl Hattie Shand who's just progressed and been at the development squad. I get to work with them and deal with the challenges of technical and yeah, really in-depth, I guess, coaching around technical and tactical learnings. So it's been an interesting pathway that really, really exciting. Yeah, it absolutely sounds like that. And the other one I want to touch on is you were part of the Hockey Roos 2022 World Cup campaign as assistant coach where they won the bronze medal, I believe. How was that experience? Uh, phenomenal. I um, Obviously, the Hockey Roos had a, a bit in the media last year and or the year before, and they've had uh, a big review with some new coaching staff. And, yeah, I was fortunate to be a part of a cultural evolution, I guess, with um, lots of time invested into relationship development. And, and I've sort of been a passenger, well, not a passenger, but have been along the whole process. And to see it all come together in the World Cup where we had lots of diversity, lots of injuries while we are away um, to captains and key players. And, um, yeah, we, we had a really good run in, in Spain where we um, had a pretty tough call, but... Yeah, I, I think the culture of the program pulled through and obviously individual talent. So I think we were two one nil down with nine minutes to go against Germany and pulled back to win 2-1 uh, in the last nine, chasing the game to win the bronze medal. So absolutely incredible experience. And again, yeah, I'm fortunate as an assistant coach to enjoy the ride, do us, um, yeah, bring a little bit of innovation, but yeah, get to, get to be the fun coach of the program, I guess. Hugh, you wear two hats, as we've said, the Sassy coach and also the Adelaide Fire coach. You get to see a lot of the young development um, kids that, that are moving on and moving up. Jack Holland is one, a name that you just mentioned. What an amazing goal he scored against uh, New South Wales. Uh, what was that? Uh, almost a fortnight ago now. Uh, really fascinating young kid. Uh, comes from a great hockey family, Adelaide Hockey Club. 
Um, just tell us a bit about Jack and and his development because that was uh, one for the ages. That sort of intercept goal, intercept that he made, and then uh, just rifled through that goal. Just take us through it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was a super proud moment as a sassy coach to see him, um, you know, win his own ball and create a goal, a goal out of nowhere. And obviously, Adelaide Fire made the game pretty exciting and turned it on its head. But um, yeah, he's an absolute hockey enthusiast. Um, you know, he's someone that's so hard to pull off the field, um, and you know, he's a, he's a pretty outgoing character, which goes in the way of way he plays. So he's. Um, yeah, this year had a really breakout year, went to 21s. And, um, I mean, the SA men, when I, they struggled, they won a game and drew a game. But um, he led really well and just was energised. And anyone that's seen him play is a bit of an energiser bunny. He's pretty agile and constantly in defender's face. Um, he had a breakout tournament 21s. And, um, yeah, he's really found himself in this Hockey One competition where he's, you know, um, playing with creativity and freedom within our shape and structure. And, um, yeah, I think... Just the energy he brings must really be tough for defenders to deal with. And um, he's currently over in Johor, so it's a Malaysia top six nations tournament playing for the Australian under 21s and continued his goal scoring streak, scoring two goals in the first two games. And wow. an incredible, incredible goal in the first game against Japan that they won 3 2, so opening goal of the tournament. So, yeah, flashy, exuberant, and um, yeah, developing a lot of discipline in his way of play as well. So, super exciting for South Australian hockey to see him performing at the international level as well. And so, Hugh, just on that, the South Australian hockey, where's the juniors and the numbers at, I guess, at the moment? How is that going? And for parents out there listening that might have kids that want to get into hockey, where's the pathway? How does that happen? Yeah, so we've got um, eight regional associations, I believe, at Hockey SA, and um, there's eight Premier League clubs, which are spread around Adelaide. So, um, yeah, Hockey SA is the, the point of contact, which is well-connected with our clubs, and they can just get found on Google. But, um, yeah, there's some young programs, like the Hook into Hockey program. Um, probably the, the first thing, we've actually got um, the Kookaburras, who are world number one, playing uh, against India in Adelaide. Um, late November, early December. So I, I reckon the first exposure to get into hockey would be to come out and see the world's best hockey team, Olympic silver and um, Com Games gold, playing against India in, in a Com Games rematch at the State Hockey of May Stadium in Jets Cross. Um, and yeah, there'll be plenty of yeah connections through clubs, etc., out there, if not on the website. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a really exciting sport. It's super fun. Um, yeah, pretty similar to soccer, and um, yeah. Well, I think getting out to Mate Stadium would be fantastic to see it. Kookaburras play in the year in a, in a few weeks' time. Talking about Mate Stadium, Hugh, uh, the Adelaide Fire away tomorrow night against Canberra, but of course uh, back home at Mate Stadium uh, next Thursday night against Melbourne. So tickets via Ticketek, I think. You'll probably know that better than me, Hugh. Correct, yeah, Ticketek. Um, yeah, jump online and grab those. And uh, we're at home next week against Melbourne on Thursday night. So that should be a cracking game for both the men and women. A couple of big games, and I reckon... Uh, I reckon HC Melbourne, I think they're called, are one of the lower-ranked teams. So uh, get along next Thursday night, November 3, support the fire, and uh, hopefully they'll repay you with a couple of big wins, women and men. Hugh Purvis, thanks for your time on Sports Day. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Hugh Purvis there, the coach of the Adelaide Fire, Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian-owned, with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. I've got a lot of time for hockey because it's one of the sports, and we talk about... 
uh, AFL and NRL that are investing in women's teams, but they are absolutely 50-50. The men get 50, the women get 50. It is it is truly straight down the middle. It's a support. It's a sport that deserves supporting. Dan, we've got so much more uh, over the course of the show. Tiffany Cherry to catch up with from Golf Australia later on. And we're going to, on the other side of the break, catch up with Emily Borg from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Looking forward to talking to her. Don't go away. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. This is Sports Day on this delightful, slightly windy Wednesday afternoon. The week's open line, Discover, or exceptional customer service. Week's homes, Discover, different, 822 You're welcome to have a conversation with Daniel Menzel about anything you want to talk about. The cricket last night, footy, you name it. The text line, 0437 693060. Uh, thanks to KO, our next guest, Emily Borg. Don't risk missing all of your team's matches at the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. You watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. We've been talking all about the Cricket World Cup, but it is time to talk about Port Adelaide Football Club, AFLW, and Emily Borg, who joins us now. Emily, welcome to Sports Day. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, your debut, finding out in one of the most unusual ways, a wonderful setup by Port Adelaide. They got you to, I guess, uh, voice a, a promo and thank the sponsors of the club. And little did you know that on the auto queue, you were going to be, you were with your um, teammate. Now, it's Hannah Ewings, I think it is. Is that right, Emily? Yes, it is, Hannah, yeah. Hannah Ewings. So you're about to hear Hannah's voice. Let's just hear what played out when you had to read out this auto queue of a sponsor plug right now. And the best part about the weekend is that my mate Hannah will be making her AFLW. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be running out next to Boogie. You'll make it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, amazing, Emily. I mean, did, did, was that that was as genuinely set up as you could possibly set it up? You guys had no idea. No, we had absolutely no idea. We got asked to come in for a media thing, and me and Hannah were a bit confused why it was going to be us, but we just went along with it, and um, we practiced a few cards a few times, and then we went through it, and we were a bit nervous to stuff up, and then an extra cue card got um, put in there, and it was that, and it was amazing. <laughs> Now, Emily, I know how much uh, Ben Hooker here loves when I insert myself into the show, and I'm going to do it again right now. And the reason being is you are a Golden Grove junior, a product, which I also am, and I found this out just before. You're currently in year 12 at King's Baptist, which I actually went to as well. Not many people in Adelaide probably know where King's Baptist is. It's up in Golden Grove. But how are you going and how has it been juggling playing footy this year for Port Adelaide Power as well as studying year 12 at King's Baptist? Yeah, well, it's actually been um, not too bad because, um, well, the club have supported us so well and also the school. So um, I'm not going for an ATAR, so I just do two subjects at school. So I did do four leading into the draft. But um, when I decided I wanted to be a real estate agent, um, the school said, well, you don't need an ATAR, just get your face points. So I dropped two subjects and none of those have exams. So... This is my last week of school, which is so exciting. And Port have supported us through the whole thing. Like if we've had a school event or if that work's getting too much, then they're absolutely fine with us not attending a training or something. So it's actually been easier for me than probably some of the other girls who are doing all like four or five subjects. But, um, yeah, I haven't had any issues, which has actually been really surprising. But 
really good. No, it's a credit to you for being able to juggle that as well. And like you said, the support network around you. But yeah, still at the only the age of 17 and you've played every single game this year in the AFLW. How has that experience been? Surely it must be just a massive whirlwind for you at the moment. Oh, yeah, it's insane. Like um, the day I got drafted, I was prepared to like work so hard in preseason, probably not going to be getting a game um, because I knew that school and like new first season in AFLW. Um, but to be able to play all these games is just such a big honour and I just couldn't be more grateful for the opportunities that I've had and for Port to be able to support us the way they have and to make me develop how I have. So it's awesome, yeah. Of course, Kings Baptist, where Daniel Menzel went. He spent a lot of time in the headmaster's office. I guess you don't have to worry about that. That's not a problem for you, Emily? No, no, no. Well, I have seen Daniel's... um, uh, his Guernsey in the office, that is signed. But, uh, <laughs> and also, um, is it his brother as well? Yes, Troy, yes. Yes. Yep, there's two Guernseys in there, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, look, at, at the risk of uh, avoiding this becoming the Daniel Menzel radio show, let's talk a little bit more about Port Adelaide. I just wanted to ask you about North Adelaide, though. Of course, that was the club uh, that you played your SNFL. It's been a very successful club. Have you found that that's been a really good grounding to get you into that AFLW level? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like the training's prepared me so well that North um, provide with us women and um to be able to have Chrissy as a coach, she was awesome. I learned so much over her. Um, and the facilities that North has, they've prepared us so well, like our gym programs, our, the running amount that we did. I can't complain with the way North Adelaide um, have brought me up, definitely. They're, they've got me here today to where I am. So, yeah, no, it's very good. Yeah, absolutely. They are a very good footy club. We had Jacob Surgeon on the last night who spoke about that and how successful they've been with their um, teams throughout. And so... Emily, I want to touch on Port Adelaide. Uh, last game of the season this weekend, it is at Alberton Oval. So get down there if you can. It's on Sunday at 12.40. Um, chances this week against the Bombers, how are we going to go? Yeah, well, we're looking really forward to it. Like We've had a few unlucky losses this year so far, um, only getting that one win against Sydney, which has been devastating about all the hard work we've put in. But um we're really excited for this weekend as it's like another expansion team and we've played them before in the preseason in one of our trial games. So we know a bit how they um, like to play and um, our game style suits them a lot, which is good. But um, yeah, to be able to be playing at home for that last game, um, our crowd is one of a kind. Like even the teams <laughs> like in their media things, they say how the Alberton crowd is like the best crowd they play in. So um, we're really excited to be able to like give back, hopefully, this weekend to our fans, how they've like supported us so much throughout our season, even with the results that haven't been the best. But um, no, we're looking forward to this weekend. We have good belief in ourselves. So yeah, no, good. Emily, did, Emily, did you grow up as a Port Adelaide supporter as a kid? Yes, I did. Yeah, me, my dad and my sister are one of the biggest Port fans. Oh, wow. So um, yeah, my dad and my sister, when I got drafted to Port, were... Oh, beyond, beyond anything. So, yeah. I, I have to tell you a little story. I'm not a Port Adelaide supporter. I've got a 10-week-old daughter, and Tom Jonas turned up at my house yesterday with a gift for my daughter. Would you believe it was the long-sleeve Port Adelaide Guernsey with the num- number one on the back 
signed by him and Aaron Phillips. What hope have I got keeping my daughter away from becoming a Port Adelaide oh, supporter as well? Oh, you've got no I? hope at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is a good gift. But, yes, I think my chances of trying to keep her away from the Port Adelaide Football Club are, uh, are not much at all. Emily, thank you so much for your time. It's been an amazing ride the opening year of the Port Adelaide Football Club. We would love to see you go out on a high on Sunday at Albert and Oval with a big win over Essendon. Thanks for your time on Sportsdown. Good luck on the weekend. Thank you so much, guys. It's been awesome. Thanks, Am- Emily. Emily Borg there, our guest from the Port Adelaide Football Club. Uh, youngster still in doing year 12. Can you believe combining AFL football with year 12? What a She would be a superstar at school. No yeah, doubt. I've got no doubt. She would, yeah, she, she'll have a better uh, score than you. I've uh, got almost... I'll be taking my Guernsey off the ball and putting hers up. <laughs> uh, Emily Borg, our guest from the Port Adelaide Football Club. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. We're going to be talking golf with Tiffany Cherry from Golf Australia right after this. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day, the week's open line, 8223-0000. Dan, I tell you what, mate, I was at the South Australian Golf Industry Awards on Saturday night, had the wonderful opportunity to catch up with Tiffany Cherry, who's a bit of a legend of Australian media. We'll talk to her about that shortly. But now she is working with Golf Australia. She is the head of women and girls engagement. She was my co-host along with Wayne Phillips at the SA Golf Industry Awards, and she joins us now. Tiffany Cherry, welcome to Sports Day. Thank you, Ben, and uh, thanks, Dan. It's great to join you again after a couple of days. Yes, uh, enjoyed your trip. It was a bit of a whirlwind, and you had the uh, you had the red eye flight back out, which was a bit nasty. I did, and then I got I went down to Melbourne, and then up to Noosa, celebrated my mum's 80th birthday, and then this morning drove down to Brisbane, and now I'm in, on the Gold Coast. So it's been a whirlwind. You're working in golf, but did you enjoy your uh, view into the South Australian version of the of the sport? Oh, absolutely. Oh, look, it was, it was fantastic. Sarah Kelly, who's the new GM at um, Golf South Australia, picked me up and we went on a bit of a whistle-stop tour. Um, yeah, met Sarah Douglas Norris, who's a legend, um, one of the PGA pros, who's doing a great job in getting women and girls and, and kids in general into the game and then uh, went to Laurel Adelaide uh, and, and a few of the other, um, Padalunga, Padalunga. Padalunga, um, yep, yep, you were yeah, pretty Padalunga. close. Padalunga. Yeah, yeah, and, and just it was really awesome to see. There was um, actually when we were at Royal Adelaide, there was a bunch of kids out on, on the putting green, including uh, a number of girls. So I was really pleased to see. Had a great conversation with, uh, with quite a few people, and then obviously we had the awards that night and, and continued on. So it was, um, it was a lot of fun. Now, Tiff, talking about the girls that you've just mentioned there, tell us about some of the up and coming talent that we should keep our eyes out on. Well, some of the some of the girls that took the awards on the night, Caitlin Pierce would be one that just rolls off the tongue, and I'm sure quite a few of your listeners have heard of. She's a rising star. She won, I think, it was four Tier One amateur tournament tournaments in the past year. She's a big hitter, sort of in the vein of a of a Hannah Green. So watch out for her. You've got Amelia Winnie. Um, she shot a 66 and a 69 recently. She's pretty impressive. Oh. I know, 66 only fell over. I was like, you're kidding me. Um, just still a teenager. That's, yeah, me, that's and, me for nine holes, Tiff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> me too. Uh, yeah, and then um, there was Reagan Denton, who I saw her in action, actually, um, in Sorrento earlier in the year. I think it was in uh, April. 
when they had the under-18 schools comp and um, national championships. And she was she's so impressive, 15 years of age, tall, can hit the ball really long, clutch under pressure. Um, she was able to secure, actually, they South Australia finished runner-up in that event, which they hadn't, they, they hadn't done that well for many, many years. So um, you, so South Australia have some real faces of, uh, of the rising stars of not just women, but Australian golf. Yeah, no, you're spot on, Tiff. Reagan Denton, an incredible story, just a 15-year-old. She actually won the Victorian Junior Open last year. That'll put her in the Vic Open, which is a professional tournament yeah. next year. She'll be playing alongside Minji Lee Minji. and Hannah Green. Yeah. I mean, what an experience that will be. I know. Hey, hey. No, and then and Mister One Five Nine asked asked her about that, of course, being Wayne Phillips, and she just went, "Yeah, shrugged her shoulders, like, yeah, whatever." Yeah, oh, I they, love it. They can come and meet Full me. Head on her shoulders. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got the Australian Open that gets underway in just over a month from now. For the first yep. time, Tiff, it'll be men and women playing together on the same courses. All the groups are yep. mixed up. Two trophies, of course, but uh, that's going to be amazing. I know we're a little bit disappointed here that we've lost the Women's Australian Open, but uh, this is going to be one of those situations where a rising tide lifts all boats, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and I can understand that. And I think the Grange, you know, for us, the five years, it, it's disappointing. We've got to, I suppose, you know, look look for the bigger picture. Um, and that's not to say that South Australia won't have any big tournaments coming their way, um, you know, in, in, the, in the coming months or uh, obviously years to come. So, but it is incredible the world is actually sitting up watching what we are doing. So first time, as you said, women and men playing on the same course, the same billing, the same prize money, yet, of course, a different trophy. But it's, it's so exciting, and we've seen this through the TPS events. And uh, you know, the Vic Open, I think, 11 years ago, actually started this, and then many tournaments around the world have picked it up. But no national tournaments have done it as yet. So, as I said, the world is watching how this goes. Now, Tiff, I just want to change tact a little bit. I'm envious of your resume. Um, can you explain to me your time at ESPN and your experiences? <laughs> Men's loves his American so funny, sport, Dan. Tiff. I'm a big yeah, American so sports funny. fan. I've had so, had so many uh, football players at the round of time going, are you kidding me? You're going. In fact, I remember a, a one Sam Mitchell asking me to get him a Boston Celtics. I think it was Boston Celtics or a Red Sox. No, it was a Red Sox cap, which I duly did and brought it back. Um, yeah, Sam and I had been on a riding trip from Sydney to Melbourne with a bunch of other um, sporting people uh, many years back, and, and we had a friendship. So, yeah, but um, look, it was incredible. I mean, I got to I got to meet some of the biggest stars uh, in world sport, not just uh, you know in, in American sport. So, um, including a uh, David Beckham, that was probably the highlight for me. Um, he's uh, he's as good looking in the flesh as he is on TV or in magazines. I can say, and he was so nice. Honestly, one of the nicest sports people, without uh, any airs and graces. Um, he gave me a world exclusive at the time, which was pretty amazing. Shaquille O'Neal was another. Um, you know, there was uh, oh god, uh, Wayne Gretzky, um, and then there was a, a bunch of of women as well. Just it was Annika Sorensen was one. Um, yeah, it was just incredible. It was an amazing experience. And I got to go to um, Wimbledon. They sent me over to there. I went to the US Open, um, golf, and obviously tennis. And um, I went to the Super Bowl. Uh, that was actually, I went off my, on my own accord a couple of days before I started. Um, and it was when, uh, who was it? The Giants and um, the Patriots. So the Patriots were... I think it was 13 and over the entire yes. year, yes. and they were leading until the last 
about a minute and 45 seconds of the entire year. And then a guy, wide receiver by the name of Plaxico Burris, caught the ball <laughs> on his helmet. Yep. Um, and uh, and that went down. Yeah. And so, and people kept saying to me, who are you, uh, um, inverted commas, rooting for? And I was like, well, uh, whoever wins. Um, and so in the end, because I was living in Connecticut and obviously um, Boston is above and New York below. So um, in the end, I became a, a, a Giants fan. Tiffany, I tell you what, I've just had to get down on the floor to pick up all of the names that you've just dropped there. I, know. I could uh, listen I know. to this all day, Hooky. What, what, yeah, yeah, what an incredible career you've had. But I tell you what, golf is so lucky to have you. I know my wife, wife works with you uh, and she's really enjoying uh, the contribution you're making. Hey, Tiff, thanks so much for your time on Sports Day. Yeah, great to join you. Happy to do it again. Have a good one. Tiffany Cherry there, the Head of Women and Girls Engagement at Golf Australia. She was over here, as I said, in Adelaide on Saturday night to help me emcee the SA Golf Industry Award. She is a great chat. And she joined us thanks to Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner. Toolkit Depot shop the huge range of tools, equipment, safety gear and workwear. Well, Daniel, that wraps us up for another day. You're out for the rest of the weekend. Off to Port Lincoln, I'm told. Yes, off to Port Lincoln. Never been there before, so really looking forward to it. Hopefully some nice weather over there, and and then we'll be back next week with you. Holiday or a combination of both? My partner is coming over with me, but I've got a little bit of work to do Saturday night at a speaking event, but Uh, I'll enjoy the rest of the time. Nice little cashy. Always a good way to wrap up the weekend. Well, you, you enjoy that. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Chad Sayers to join me tomorrow night. We'll have plenty of cricket to talk about. Thanks very much for your company tonight, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.